This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. It is Spooko, guys. It's one long spooky night. We are spooked, maglooked. And sometimes Shag and I talk about who's going to come out swinging to kick off an episode. Sometimes we don't. We just keep it loose that way. Shag, <laughs> do you reckon I should start or you should start? Do you reckon I've sort of goofed it up or? No, no, you haven't goofed it up. But I do want to start because I think there's a thing that happens in every close friendship group. And, you know, we, we are definitely a close friendship. We've been friends for a really, really long time. There's been ups and downs. There's but, probably you know, only two in the group. I don't want to do too much. <laughs> editing. Like, I think it's sort of a two-person friendship group. No, much. but that's what I mean. I mean. I mean our relationship. And there's something that happens in strong relationships like this, right? Mm. Where yeah. people, where one of the other will recommend like something to consume, whether it's like a yep. food or a TV show or a song or whatever. Yep. And I've always been bad at like reading things straight. If somebody say, if you send me an article, I just I, like, I won't read it. Friendship homework. I don't do friendship homework. I'm not interested <laughs> in being assigned friendship homework. A thousand percent agree. But, but here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. The thing about friendship homework is I will eventually get to it. So if you tell me about a song in six months' time, I promise, for some reason, I'll be like, maybe I should listen to that song. And I'll listen to it and I'll be like, oh, Pete, this song's great. And you'll be like, for fuck's sake, should have listened to it six months ago. But anyway, 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 the reason why I bring this up is because in a very early episode of Spooko, pre you being obsessed with TikTok... Your yeah. number one form of content that you're obsessed with were one yeah. four reaction videos by UK celebrities. Do you yes. remember telling me about this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you finally watched one? I finally watched them. <laughs> because because here's the here's the thing. So we're recording this on Friday. Obviously, this will come up come out in a couple of days. But when you're listening mm. to this, one four have a new song out called Home and Away. It's so so good. Oh, sick. I haven't heard it yet. Well, yeah, because obviously, like, we're a Sydney podcast. We, you mm. know, so if you're not from Sydney, Sydney is a massive, sprawling Sydney that encompasses so many different, very distinct districts. And, you know, the things you see in popular culture, like from Home and Away or, like, you know, Mission Impossible 2, you know, the <laughs> yeah. beaches, the, the the sunny days, the like, all of that sort of stuff, that's, that's a very distinct part of Sydney mm. that's sort of locked off to, you know, lower socioeconomic... Uh, groups. So, yep. you know, there's this other side of Sydney that's the West that's typically been, you know, it's been kind of derided. It's been yep. a bit feared. And, you know, the reasons why is because typically it's the place where, you know, the, the poorer people and also, you know, the first, second generation immigrants find themselves. So it just goes to show that Australia obviously has a long way to go in terms of like cultural and structural racism. And but You're so right to bring it up in this context. Oh, sorry, I'm interrupting because you're about to make the awesome point that I would make. Sorry, go, 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 go. No, but what's interesting about 1-4 is 1-4 come from Campbelltown. They rep Campbelltown. Campbelltown has never been really culturally a place where anybody would be 
like, yay, Campbelltown. But they're being like, no, this is where I'm from. This made me. And all of a sudden, one for are probably the most successful Australian hip-hop group, both critically and in terms of just views on YouTube at the moment. And it's such an interesting shift. So because they had this new song out that's awesome, and, you know, the, the song's called Home and Away, and they're basically like, my life doesn't look like Home and Away. I don't, I'm nowhere near the beach, but I have lots of friends in the bay, and Long Bay Jail is like, a you know, a, like, it's just, it's so cool. I love it so much. Anyway, I went back and watched a bunch of... UK, uh, I guess, tastemakers reacting to one four reaction yep. vids. And Peach, I love them so much. Yeah, I know. Isn't it can the we, best? Can we talk through? Okay, so number one. Okay, here are the two things I love about them that I've picked yep. up so far. You might yeah. have more. Number one, I love the fact that because it's a reaction video, they literally play the whole song and stop it in places just to tell you what happened in the song. Yep. So they'll play the first like four bars and they'll be like, okay, okay. So it sounds like he's talking about him having a poor upbringing. Okay, all right, let's keep listening. And then they play another four bars and then they do the same thing. But then my favorite thing by far is I think like all good musicians, like it's not, it's not a body of work. It's not, you know, it's not a whole song that gets you, you know, famous straight away. It's like a moment. It's a lyric. It's a, it's a, it's a way you sing a song. And there's a moment in Spot the Difference, you know, one, the, one four's like real breakout song mm. where he basically goes, how can I call them ops? And ops obviously is, you know, in, uh, like hip hop slang for, you know, the opposition, for your, mm. like for your enemies. How can I call them ops? How can I call them ops? They run off and leave their friends for deads, more like a more bunch, like of, a bunch dogs. of dogs. And oh, the way that he's so big. Dogs, and in every one of these videos, they stop and there's like a pause. Like they can't even say anything. And they just look at the camera and they're like, bruv. <laughs> bruv. Did he just call the op? Did he just call the op dogs? And you and I are sitting next to each other in the reaction vid going like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> It makes me like the song so much more as well. You're like, yeah, man. Like, the observation that, that we discussed on Spooko was on one of these reaction vids that were like, oh, my gosh, look at that guy. And there's some sort of um, not only tall, not only muscular, but also fat um, sort of islander dude who's just this immense dude who's walking down the street. And I think we might have discussed this who has a ponytail under a cap and they pause it and they're like, oh, dude, first rule. Never mess with the guy who has a ponytail and a cap. <laughs> Which seems like such a good rule. <laughs> I'm interested in the psychology of what you just said, reaction videos making you like things more. And I think it's that idea of like social currency when if you see enough people doing something, you're like, well, clearly it's good and clearly I like it too. And I think it's the most overt use of social currency ever. But look, I digress, I digress. Because obviously this is Spooko and mm. you know, the hip hop tangent's a good one to lead us to why we're doing today's film. Yes, because you and I are collaborating Key and peel style. <laughs> <laughs> Two creative friends. <laughs> Oh, but hang on. No, no, no. Which one's the key, oh, though? Which I, one look, isn't no, I, I have an answer, and I'm afraid I think I'm the key. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm like, yeah, I, I worked with Shag for a while. It was really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine them hanging out now? Like, Jordan's oh. like, oh, man, just finished another movie. Candyman's looking good. And Key's like, oh, I'm... I'm having fun too. Yeah, you're like, so should we do a Key and Peele movie? Because I can do one now or, or we can, like, we can do one if you like, you know, whatever works. Like, I'm a thousand percent happy. And again, if like, 
if you need me to consult or like it, you know if i can help at all do let me know <laughs> <laughs> it's just that awful like out 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 great like you know i listen to all this um uh bullshit mindset garbage and it sort of half comes true when you realize you've like edited your professional group and you're like sort of the people you spend time with to like edit out clowns and be slightly awkward when you see people you haven't seen for 12 months because you've so obviously been like no I get no value from spending time with you and I just sort of worry that like with Key and Peel I imagine Key be like hey Jordan what's going on and Jordan be like oh yeah meant to get back to you so sorry like, you know just be this like huge power imbalance that they both know has happened and it'd be like yeah well look depressing friendship groups aside <laughs> Uh, one four aside. Yes. The well, the, the ascendancy of one four to mm. like royalty aside, and mm. also shout out to that song they did with ASAP Ferg, which is oh, yeah. the first time I've heard a song where an Australian rapper teams up with an American rapper, and I'm not embarrassed for my entire country. Thousand percent. So it's actually like it's it it it's so it's actually super good. So anyway, 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 look, the the slightly more depressing reason, you know, we are doing Get Out today because we've done us before. We never did Get Out, but we want to do it today mm. is because. You know, Kanye is having a moment. Like, we don't know what's going on, but, uh, like, obviously Kim's made a statement about his bipolar, but, you know, like, we don't want to, like, armchair diagnose anything. But he did make a call where he said, everybody knows the movie Get Out is about me. And, Peach, because you haven't seen or know what's happening in this film. Yes. I want, I want, to, I want to take you through Get Out today. And at the end, I want you to be like... Because, like, to be honest, I do think Kanye's being a bit paranoid and, like, classic Kanye where it's like, no, it's not about you. And I don't know, like, I don't really know what he's getting at with it. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it when we get to this film. So today we are doing Get Out. So you guys coming up from the city? Yeah, we're just heading up for the weekend. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. But it's cool. Bro, how you not scared of this, man? Didn't see no brother around here. Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here. Yo. Sorry, man. Get out! Yo! Bros, we gotta go. Is everything okay? Bros, the keys. Oh, <laughs> I think that might be my favorite movie, like already having not seen it. There's like, there's so much good casting. Shag, did you watch Girls? You probably, like, you probably didn't watch it, but like this character Marnie is the most fucking disgusting and irritating character who feels like the most like overprivileged whitest character on earth and casting her as the girlfriend, like straight away, I was like, got it. Like I was like, yep, a million percent perfect casting. Bloody Marnie, of course, is going to have like zero sensitivity to the get out issues. Shag, that was thrilling. Peach, if I wasn't your friend, but a fan of you, I think I'd really enjoy the way you say disgusting. Like it's, it's, it's your calling card, the way you go disgusting. Like you rate your nose disgusting. just goes up on its haunches and it's, it's a whole pre- It's a whole like thing. It's amazing. I love it. It's like push a tease. Ugh. <laughs> but it is, it's your, it's your, yeah. Ugh. Do you want me to guess what it's about? Cause I like, I actually find it quite vague. Cause I don't even know what Kanye is getting at. 
And I sort of don't really, like, I'm further further from knowing the plot, I think, than anything, but I'm super intrigued. Similar for us, actually, of, like, being like, hey, what is it actually about? Um, because I feel like Jordan Peele, or, the, like, the, the two that I've become aware of, the way they're pushed out into the world and promoted, it's a little bit deliberately vague and deliberately obtuse of, like, these are the issues we're going to explore, but we're not quite going to tell you what it's about. And so... I sort of suspect it's some uh, vaguely racist town where every black person who comes is programmed by hypnosis to like into subservience. But I also suspect that's a huge oversimplification and sort of misses the point. You know, like I can't, I can't quite get to what I think this film's about. And I think that's part of its triumph. Like similarly for us, like until you told me, I couldn't even really guess what was going on. Um, and you know, I know with that I'm I'm coming to learn with horror films that that they tell you it's a horror film by having a shocking scare that's unrelated to the horror early on. So like driving into that deer or that bird in the car to be like, by the way, it's a horror film. But I I, I even sort of wonder if it is a horror film. I'm I'm super excited and curious. I mean, it is one of those borderline horror films. Like, I think it mm. is, but I think it's barely a horror film. I think it gets a. It doesn't even get a credit. It gets a pass and it's like, look, we debated whether to fail you, but in the end, you're a horror film. But but do better next time. And that's when Us came in with the like scissors and everything. <laughs> Too Scary Didn't Watch did The Craft last week and it was an awesome episode that everyone who likes Spooko should go listen to Too Scary Didn't Watch. The Craft is a great episode. And I was like... Oh, I could probably watch The Craft. I was like, I'm not sure that's uh, too scary. <laughs> that's a too scary one. I reckon I could handle it. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Get Out, mm. uh, film from 2017, which is crazy yeah. that it's so new um, and yet has had such an impact on culture. Uh, made for $4.5 million. Wow. It does not look cheap. It's a good-looking film. Uh, it made almost uh, $260 million, so solid return. Bloody they did well. <laughs> um, and still getting co- talked about in popular culture, which is what every artist wants. But anyway, okay. I mean, it's what Key wants. <laughs> Key's like... <laughs> Key's like, yeah, that's my dude. I'm bloody loving watching your success. <laughs> So now you've had some time away. That's awesome. And, you know, congrats. <laughs> Anyone, anything I can help with? Anyone you can introduce me to? <laughs> yeah, have you finished shooting Candyman? Are there any other role? Like, are there any, like, just little, like, bits that I can play? I'm pretty... Oh, but you, sorry, in. but zero pressure. Like, and, yeah, like, I, we, I've also got heaps going on as well. But not so much that I'm not available whenever you want me there. So I'm really busy, but really available. I'm both. Yeah, gotta go. But if you need me for anything at any time, let me know. <laughs> Even right now. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. So Get Out opens with black photographer. And like, this is one of those films where, you know, in, in any synopsis, if they were like black photographer, you'd be like, mm-hmm. but in this film, it's, it's quite important, Sick. you know, uh, how everyone identifies. So black photographer Chris Washington is apprehensive as he prepares to meet the family of his white girlfriend, who is Marnie Rose Armitage. And of course, Chris Washington is played by the dude from that awesome second episode of Black Mirror before Black Mirror got Netflixed and kind of sucks now. But from that first season in that second episode where it's all about that giant singing competition. I've actually seen that. Yeah, okay. And Rupert Everett is in there. Doing an Australian accent. Yeah, Rupert Everett. Rupert Everett's not in Get Out. 
But yeah, yeah, yeah. So but anyway, so okay, right. so he wasn't in get out, but not in get out. He's he the key and P- he's key in the key and peel of those <laughs> of those two. So okay, so Chris Washington is apprehensive as he prepares to meet the family of his white girlfriend Rose Armitage. Uh, so they eventually get there. Um, uh, like, and I think you saw it in the trailer. There's a moment when they're on their way and they get stopped, and the dude's like what are you doing? And she's basically like, are you just accosting him because he's black? But overtly being like, you know, here's an example of like, you know, structural racism. Anyway. And so Shag, like, but that's, is that not a horror movie trope to sort of be like early on to say, this is the sort of stuff we're going to be exploring. Like we're going to make you feel sort of mid-level awkward about this stuff that we're going to make you feel high level anxious about like a hundred percent and i think horror films more than any other genre get away with signposting because it's kind of important whereas if this was another film and the film the whole time was like this film's about racism (laughs) you'd be like fuck you'd be like go take your oscar and go fuck off i don't care i love that it's like chekhov's interaction with the police of like you know (laughs) you interact with the police in act one with white authority in act one Anyway, so so when they're at the Armitage house, which is in rural upstate New York, and it's one of those like beautiful heritage country, you know, US homes that I think like I've never seen in real life, but I've seen in film and TV countless times. And, you know, giant backyard, nice big deck, clearly some sort of a barbecue pit, the whole deal just looks wonderful. We're going to go there for our joint 50th birthdays, Shag. Like we'll be rich enough. One day. That'll be good. We will. Well, I mean, we'll be podcast rich. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) (laughs) Or we'll have made Spookopedia and then that'll be the thing. That'll be the thing. No one goes to Wikipedia anymore. They go to Spookopedia. It's it's Wikipedia for people who haven't seen horror movies (laughs) and only has horror movies. Everyone's like, did you know Spookopedia came from a similar thing that that used to be around called Wikipedia? Everyone's like, what's Wikipedia? And everyone's going to Spookopedia and it's like, I like Spookopedia, but I wish I could find out about things that aren't horror movies. It's like, nah, nah, nah. Don't worry about them. <laughs> Horror movies and like Australian rap trends. And and one four. And yeah. one one four. Yeah. And Drake. Yeah, Lots and, of stuff about Drake. Spit Syndicate. Um, you know, we'd have a little bit of stuff going on there. Alright, now hang on, pause. I gotta go get my dog because she's barking. This is already my favorite film we've done. Like I'm having the best time. Sorry, go, go, go. <laughs> Yeah, so while they're out, while they're at this house in rural upstate New York, Rose's brother Jeremy and their parents, neurosurgeon Dean and hypnotherapist Missy, both of their jobs are important, uh, make disconcerting comments about black people. But they're like, they're that sort of like super woke things where it's like, I love like black culture and stuff to the point where it's over the top. And, you know, those points where more and more I'm like, being like a bit woke and left leaning, I'm like, am I the bad guy? Like a weird, oh, we such in the a role? scary one. Like, hey guys, just putting on some Miles Davis. I get it. Like, I get it. <laughs> like, I get it. Just putting some Coltrane. I get it. So it's that vibe, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah it's there. the whole like you know. I would have voted for Obama like ten times. I wish Obama was always, pre- <laughs> you know, that sort of vibe, right? Um, Anyway, while he's there, Chris witnesses strange behavior from the estate's black housekeeper, Georgina, and black uh, groundskeeper, Walter. Bloody hell. Now, when Chris is unable to sleep, Missy pressures him into a hypnotherapy session to cure his smoking addiction because she's like, "Mm, shouldn't be smoking. But she kind of uses it in a way to hypnotize him. 
Now, while he's in a trance, he expresses guilt over his mother's death in a hit and run when he was a child and sinks into a void Missy calls the sunken place. Now, this is scary as fuck, right? So he can sort of see himself sitting in the chair and he sort of falls into like a black void out of his body where he sort of can't get out. Uh, And... And it's just, again, it's like proper foreshadowing because it's like he's completely in her control. And it's scary uh, as fuck. And it's called The Sunken Place. And this is a thing, uh, Kanye's talked about The Sunken Place quite a lot. Um, anyway, so the next morning, he assumes the, the, the encounter was a dream until Walter acknowledges their brief encounter the night before. Georgina unplugs his phone, accidentally draining its battery. That's just a side note. Don't even worry about it. Okay. So why did they include it? It's weird. I don't know. Just, yeah, you know. Chekhov's phone charger. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, meanwhile, uh, so the next day, dozens of wealthy white people arrive for the Armitage's annual get-together. Sick. They express admiration for Chris's physique and for black figures such as Tiger Woods. Oh. <laughs> Jim Hudson, a blind art dealer, takes a particular interest in Chris's photography skills. Chris meets another black man, Logan King, who behaves strangely and is married to a much older white woman. Chris calls his friend, TSA agent Rod Williams, about his strange behaviour. Chris tries to photograph Logan inconspicuously, but when his flash goes off, Logan becomes hysterical, shouting at Chris to get out and like just being like, get out, like get out. The others restrain him and Dean claims that Logan had an epileptic seizure. Away from the party, Chris convinces Rose that they should leave. Meanwhile, Dean holds an auction with a photo of Chris, which Hudson wins. Which is just still like... Hudson, meanwhile, if you remember, is the blind art dealer who loved his photography skills. But has never never seen a photograph. It's just like the vibe I get from this thing I can't see. That's really weird. Well, it's like, what are they actually winning? Anyway. Yeah. Rod recognizes Logan as Andre Hayworth, a missing man. Suspecting a conspiracy, Rod goes to the police, but no one believes him. While Chris packs to leave, he finds photos of Rose in prior relationships with black people, including Walter and Georgina, contradicting her claim that Chris is her first black boyfriend. Ugh. He tries to leave the house, and this is, this is so scary, but Rose and her family block him in a way where it's like the whole family all of a sudden turns on him. And it's just like a suburban house. And imagine trying to leave, but all these people who you sort of were a bit worried about, but they're just a normal family, all of a sudden basically are like, you can't leave. So Chris attacks Jeremy, but Missy uses a trigger that she implanted during his hypnosis, knocking him out, sending him back into the sunken place. Oh, so she says Alakazoo or, or whatever, <laughs> some 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 word that when he hears or, or something like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely Alakazoo. But basically it's like <laughs> she now has she now has the power to send him to the sunken place. Alright, so this is where, you know, it goes zero to a hundred. Although and you know, it was probably already like a fifty or a sixty, but it goes sixty <laughs> to hundred. Fifty to ninety. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> goes eighty to ninety, which is still like a, a, a sharp increase. Yeah. Uh, Chris awakens strapped to a chair in the basement. In a video presentation, like the fact that there's a video presentation, 
Rose's grandfather Roman explains that the family transplants their brains into others' bodies, granting them preferred physical characteristics and a twisted form of immortality. What? What? Okay. Oh, so okay. basically, they, they just like all of these like white people being like, "Oh wow, how physically great are black people?" They're basically like putting their consciousness, like st- like basically kidnapping black people and implanting their consciousness into them to to keep living forever. Uh... Hudson tells Chris that the host's consciousness remains in the sunken place, conscious but powerless. So the person's still there; they're just stuck in the the sunken place while their body is overtaken by someone else and like lives this whole other life, like uh... the most fucked version of torture. Uh... Right? Uh... Although the Armitage mainly target black people, Hudson reveals he wants Chris's body only for sight. Missy performs hypnosis, seemingly knocking Chris out. Seemingly good. Uh, now, Chris, I like some like annoyingly. This is Wikipedia, and I haven't seen it in a while. So, like Chris does come to somehow. So when Jeremy comes to fetch Chris for the surgery, Chris knocks him out, having blocked the hypnosis all oh, by plugging his ears with cotton stuffing pulled from the chair. He impales so- he impales Dean with the antlers of a deer mount, causing Dean to knock over a candle, setting fire to the operating room with Hudson still inside. Sick. Chris kills Missy, but is attacked by Jeremy as he heads toward the door. He kills Jeremy and drives away in his car, but hits Georgina. Remembering his mother's death, he carries Georgina into the car, but, 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 but. Uh, However, possessed by Rose's grandmother, Marianne, she attacks him. During the struggle, the car crashes, killing her. Ugh. Rose apprehends him with Walter, who is possessed by Roman. Chris uses the flash on his phone to neutralize Roman, allowing Walter to regain control of his body. Walter takes Rose's rifle, shoots her in the stomach, and shoots himself, killing Roman. Chris begins to strangle Rose, but stops when a police cruiser pulls onto the scene. Rod steps out of the cruiser and rescues Chris, but leaves Rose on the road. Oh, bloody hell. So, like, it, it becomes like a horror movie with, like, lots of possession and all sorts of crap and, like, stuff happening at the end. But the central premise of it is so cool and so unexpected oh that you would not see it coming. What, like, because I, I can see, like, you didn't even concentrate on the end because all you were thinking about was that premise. What did you think about Get Out? Yeah, um, uh, thrilling. I think it's... I think it takes courage to to like have a good ending, you know. You, you know, the, I feel like premises are fairly easy, and as we learnt when we made our film Eyes Up, endings take a little more, like a little more crafting, and and yeah. you know, um, there can often be sort of cop out explanations, or, or like you never really find out what's going on. And I think it takes a bit of courage to say, well, here's what's going on. I hope you think it's cool, and I feel like. This is profoundly not what I was expecting. <laughs> mm. And uh, look, part of my thought process was how is Kanye in the th- in the sunken place? Like, so I was in Kanye mode. So he he says that his will has been overborne. Does he? Is that is that his analogy? He he often thinks that people use him for their own gain. So he's talked about how people have used him for political gain in the past. He's talked about how people use him for like, you know, financial gain, for like clout gain, for whatever. So I can absolutely see that side of things. But what do you think about his claim that the film was about, like the film was a comment on him (laughs) rather than like a broader call about racism? I do not believe it was a comment just about him. (laughs) 
But like, not to get too distracted and not to encourage anyone to watch anything involving James Corden, which you should never do. But um, he had this series. That- <laughs> I can't. I can't. Like I was thinking about. I don't like. And like I. I, I am going to listen to this point. But we've been watching a lot of the most recent series of RuPaul's Drag Race, and yeah. there's one. There's one drag queen on it, and she's just. She's so like she just represents white mediocrity, where it's like you can just stumble your way into positions of great success <laughs> by just being like a pretty boring average white dude. Not extremely shit. Just like And James Corden is that. Like it's like why is he like why is he big? Why like what is going on? People just abide him. No one's like I love James Corden. People are like he exists. Oh, people people do flip, but like people do flip flip for old chords. And, and the first time I saw him was in that Welsh um, sitcom, Gavin and Stacey. And you sort of get it. Like, he's a fairly charismatic, high-energy dude who's like, hey, guys, this is what we're doing. And you're like, oh, okay, let's go <laughs> along with this guy. But the reason I raise him here, and, and I do so to make sure that no one else ever has to see this, is that he does a series called Carpool Karaoke where he carpools with someone. You've, you've probably heard of this, Shake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, Mariah Carey, let me drive you to work. Oh, what? Lol, it's me, James Corden. Let's sing along with some of your songs. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. And Kanye agrees to do it because these things get insane views now. And he makes it air pool karaoke. And rather than playing CDs in a car, he gets the entire... I've even forgotten the name of the recent album. What's the recent album? Jesus is, Jesus is King? Jesus is King. Yeah, like the Sunday service choir, the Chicago Sunday choir or whatever, all the passengers on the plane. And so there are thrilling moments where they're live doing that every hour. Every minute, every damn little bit, which is which is thrilling. But um, one of the things he puts to Kanye is Kanye like you're fucked, like right, like like he, like, <laughs> he tries to like he, like he does it as gently because like, he's a because he's a complete coward as I would be in the same position. But he's like some people would say you're fucked. Like, like what would you say to those people? And he's like, no, no, no. Um, look, this is just how God works. God's just just using me to to show how great he is. And he talks about how he got sixty eight million um, in um, t- a tax refund last year. To be like, see, there you go. So, like, I'm the chosen one. I got I got sixty eight million <laughs> back on my tax last year. Sixty eight million. <laughs> it's just that peculiarly <laughs> American idea that it's somehow you can you can talk about how much you love the Bible and mm. how much you love Christianity, and it's like, look, you can be Christian, whatever. It's fine. Like, yeah. I like I have no qualms with you believing in whatever, but I do have a qualm with you reading the Bible and, you know, the messages of Christianity and somehow deciding that the richer you are, the more God likes you. Like that is a, that is a weird outtake to have from a book about a poor guy who tried to mobilize the poor to care for each other and stop worrying about material things. Like it's a, it's a, it's a weird outtake, I've got to say. But as well, like Jesus literally taught that isn't it harder for a rich man to get into heaven than a camel through the eye of the needle or whatever. It's like, oh, nah, that bit's, uh, sorry. What that bit actually means is it's okay to be super rich. <laughs> you, like, you, some bits you have to take literally and some bits you definitely do not. And it's like, well, like, and so that $68 million was God's will line of thinking is consistent with Get Out is a biopic about me um, sort of <laughs> thinking. <laughs> so, I see, so, I see. So sort of hi- hijacking some other piece of media to say it's about me. Uh, I'm not sure this is about Yeezy. I see. Well, you know, 
because you've just told me about that, I, I'll get back to you in six months when I watched it. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't <laughs> recommend me... it. No, don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the next time we talk, we'll have a new Taylor Swift and potentially a new Kanye album to talk about as well. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?